this morning. God, thank you uh, for you. Thank you for <laughs> what is to come. Lord, thank you for the hope that we have. God, thank you for everything that you've done to reconcile us to yourself, even sending your only son to die on a cross. God, I pray the thought of that keeps everything else in perspective always. When I twist things and when I start walking down the wrong path, I pray that the thought of that always brings me back to live the life worthy of the calling that we've been given. Help us to be a people of thanksgiving with a grateful attitude and heart for everything that you've done. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, I want to start off by reading something today, and I'm not trying to cause controversy or stir anything up in your heart. Um, a pastor friend of mine wrote this to his church, and they're in a little different spot than, uh, than we are currently. And uh, so... Uh, he, he wrote this, and I just, man, I thought it was really good for what we're going to dig into today. And so he brings it back around at the end, um, and so just, just hang in there. Noise, voices, many voices, so many opinions, strong opinions, very strong opinions, rights, my rights, infringed upon rights, constitutionalism, Socialism, compliance, weakness, mask, mask work, mask don't work, mask are dumb, mask are a form of mercy, mask are a lie, I am afraid. I ain't afraid of this. Charts, graphs, listen to this person in support of my position. That person is in opposition to my opinion. They're an idiot. Or worse, Fox News, Newsmax, MSNBC, CNN, Republican, Democrat, Libertarian, vaccine. Never going to take a vaccine. Won't come back until there is a vaccine. I'll leave the church if you don't. I'll only come to church if you do. Noise. He went on to say, to my knowledge, no pastor has ever had, to, had a class on church leadership during a pandemic, nor has anyone else in their field of work. A pastor friend told me several months ago he felt like he was on a Civil War battlefield in the 1860s. He went on to say that he must be wearing a blue jacket and gray pants because everyone is shooting at him. This week at Elkhart County Health Department, that's where Chris is from, an order with the Elkhart County Circuit Court requiring a number of actions to be taken by its citizens. Where churches have been exempt from these orders in the past, this order has taken a considerable shift. Churches are now required, like any other business in the county, to post a sign requiring masks to be worn, social distancing to be adhered to, and sanitation be guaranteed within our facility. What I think about this order is irrelevant. With this order, have... Will this order have a negative impact on the church? Absolutely. Does this order pain me more than you even know? 
What I am choosing to care more about is my testimony among the people who do not know or follow Jesus. I also am willing to do whatever is necessary to support our medical profession, professionals in their effort to treat our neighbors and lessen the burden of this virus that has recently placed on our hospitals. We would love for you to continue participating with our church in person or online. Our, st- our staff hopes that our church will remain your church home. We enjoy ministering to your families. I would love to see mature believers trade the words I began this communication with for the words I will end it with. Grace, mercy, respect, kingdom, hope, discipleship, joy, understanding, perspective, love, service, humility, Bible, prayer, faith, God's will, God's plan, others, leadership, and abundant grace. And he signed it, Chris. Look, I know reading through that first paragraph, I remember when I first read it, uh, there's something in there that probably stirred something in you, one way or the other. It probably stirred something in you. And I, I want to also say thank you. I, I have, I've been, uh, I've seen a, what a lot of other pastors have had to endure and experience, and you guys have been wonderful. I just I want to say that. Like, I'm so thankful for you. Uh, people check on me. I check on you. The people who feel like they need to do something are respected by the people that feel like. So it's been, it's honestly been uh, a joy so far to endure this with you all. But that first paragraph stirred something in all of us. Somewhere in there, something got said, and it triggered something, you know? Because this is what we're all dealing with. And then, and then we have to take into the account that we're all raised in the way we were raised and the filters that we had put in our life and all these things. And what Christ always asks us to, to do, what God has always asked us to do, is come back to this place of surrender to Him. Every time, not my way, but his will be done, right? His will be done. Now we have to move forward and, and, and work through that, right? We do. But we need to make sure that we're doing the surrendering part. Um, and and that's, that's what I want to get into today. Um, the, word, the word disappointment is, is kind of how I want to lead things off uh, this morning because... Uh, how, do, how are we thankful? How are we grateful in the face of disappointment? And this came at a really fitting time, in my opinion, just again, because where we're at with everything, and this whole sermon series just continues to be on point, uh, because we all have expectations, right? All of us. I don't know about you, but on election night, in the beginning, I had an expectation that we would know something by the end of the day, and we did. We expect things of our friends our spouses, our kids, our family. Sometimes we even play what I call a God complex on them where we expect so much of them to fulfill our needs that we almost create a God thing that only God can do for you. We, we project that onto other people sometimes. And we expect them to feel, fulfill things in us that only God can fulfill. And so in, in the face of disappointment, uh, there's these expectations, and so often uh, our expectations are not met, and things fall short. And we have to learn to overcome this, right? Because it's, it's a, honestly probably a daily thing on some level. I know some days it's minor, 
And some days it's major. And we're, and we're walking through this and we have to learn to overcome this illusion that everything is, is going to go how we expect it to go. But we can't live without expectation, right? We just naturally have that. We, we expect something. You know, I expect something of my boys. I do. When I tell them to do something, I expect it to get done. It does not always happen, shocker. Not always. Um, every now and then. <laughs> but they, they, you know, they're not maliciously after me or anything like that. You know, they're just boys and they're trying to learn. But sometimes our expectations aren't met in a malicious way. You know, it's intentional. Uh, people end up even becoming weapons of discouragement for us or things in life. But God has also given us weapons, okay? And very similar to last week, I just want to hone in on one passage today. That's it, just one passage. And I hope you were able to take Ephesians 2 last week, 14 and 15, and I really hope you were renewing your mind with that. Um, Donna and I had to share that over text message because we both had a day where we were struggling being thankful. And so, like, we sent that out, you know. It helps. It really helps to stay connected in that way and, and to be thankful. And so I hope, I hope you were able to spend some time just really chewing on that verse. And so today we're going we're gonna to read Ephesians 5, 15 through 21. And uh, this time I want you to spray paint this on your house. Just kidding. Um, it's, a, <laughs> it's a long passage. Uh, but, but really, like, one of the reasons I was simplifying these, this last week and this week, just to get you really to focus in, on something. And, and, uh, and so I want to read this and then we're going to talk about it a little bit. And then I'm going to uh, just bring some follow-up stuff into it. Ephesians 5, 15 through 21 and crazy timing. God's timing's so good. I'm in a, a, a mentorship program and our, our verse for the month has, has been this as well. And I did not choose it because of this sermon. It just was, it was just all the right fit. So um, it says, look carefully in how you walk, not as unwise, but as wise. We talked about wisdom a lot. You know, wisdom begins with the fear of the Lord. Spiritual wisdom, like there's things we're just not going to be able to understand and perceive from scripture without the Holy Spirit working that out in us. Okay. Like we got to have God working out the wisdom thing uh, in us. So making the best use of the time. Making the best use of the time. Why? Because the days are evil. And again, you know, this isn't new. Evil's been around for a little while. You know, it's been doing its thing. And uh, people are people. And our selfish-centeredness is all the same. It, it, it ends up um, developing into to different things, I guess, sometimes. But at the end of the day... Uh, the evil is there, and it's always been there. And the days are evil, and, and I believe it comes in waves. And right now, I believe it's increasing. I mean, it really seems that way to me. It seems like, like there's just more and more spiritual attack going on. So therefore, because that's true, do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. And do not get drunk with wine, for that is debauchery. And just in case you don't know what debauchery is, that's extreme indulgence to the point of immorality. And we can be talking about alcohol or drugs or sex or just fill in the blank. Um, something that we just take to extreme. 
But it says, instead of those things, right? Because what, what are those things? Let's just be real. They, they're escapes, right? I don't want to deal with this, so I'm going to do this. And it doesn't even have to be a substance. I mean, it can be a, a TV show. It can be uh, gaming. It can be the internet. Um, I, I, one time for like two months, I mean, I, I should be a certified scuba diver instructor because of how much time I have researched scuba diving. Now ask me if I have anything that goes with scuba diving. No, nor do I have my license or any other not that cool license plate that goes on the front of the guards. Nothing. I don't have anything. But I have spent a ton of time learning about scuba diving because I want to do that one day. One day. One day. And that may never happen. And did I gain some knowledge from it? Probably. I can't tell you much these days. It wasn't recent. And I just think about all that time. I should have been sleeping probably or whatever, and I'm digging into scuba diving. So it doesn't just have to be a substance. We're supposed to be making the best use of our time. And the reason I think we fail at this sometimes is the next section. But be filled with the Spirit. But be filled with the Spirit. We will always spend ample time on that topic. Because if you're not filling yourself up with the Spirit of God, if you're not in relationship with God, then all this other stuff just isn't going to matter. You are not going to be effective. You're not going to be walking the path He wants you to walk. You're not going to be engaging the people He wants you to engage. God knows what's going on. Uh, I, I've uh, been flying a drone. They're awesome. Because re- really, it just I want to fly a plane. I just like planes. And I've always wanted to get my pilot's license. So this is the closest thing without forking out a kidney, you know. Um, so I can fly the drone and I can like see on the screen the sky. And like so whenever they're, man, I, I hated it this morning because I, I, uh, the sunrise this morning, if you got up, oh my gracious, it was just incredible. And I was like, oh, I didn't have my drone here. And I wanted to fly up, take some pictures, and send it to everybody. And I didn't, I didn't have it. And I, I just, I love that vantage point. I think about that often. That God has that ultimate vantage point. He sees what we are unable to see. He knows what we don't know. And so we have to rely on Him. That spirit part cannot be skipped. We can't just jump into the next section and run around singing songs to each other if we didn't do the first part. Because it won't be effective and it won't be powerful. Addressing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. Singing and making melody to the Lord with your heart. Giving thanks always and for everything to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Submitting to one another. Submitting, that's a fun word, to one another out of reverence for Christ. Hmm. Awesome verses right there. So wanna wanna talk through a couple of points here. Obviously, the days are evil. We see it. Nothing new. I, I do think evil swells up and then goes away and swells out. I think there's, you know, this this kind of thing that happens. And maybe it's always growing. I don't know. But I, I think in our sphere of circles, sometimes it feels like it ramps up, you know, and then it dies down. And then sometimes it ramps up and then it dies down, uh, like most things in our life, mountaintops and valleys. And the brokenness in our world, uh, we, we are, we're here to address that. 
That, that's what making the best use of our time is, is talking about. Like in, in the midst of evil, there's all this brokenness. And I'm telling you, there are people right now seeking for truth. They're scared out of their mind with everything that's going on. And they're seeking. And are we filled with the Spirit so that we see the people who are seeking? I just want you to think about that for a minute. Man, you may be walking in the grocery store and we can't see each other's faces anymore. So you don't know what they're really thinking. I have to tell people I'm smiling. I always get the weirdest looks. I'm, like, I'm smiling underneath here. God is fully capable of pointing someone out to you that you need to engage with. But if I'm not filled out with the Spirit, I'm not going to hear. And I'm not going to see and I'm not going to know. And I'm going to go about my day and think I did a pretty good job because maybe I didn't sin a lot. And I miss the voice of God. And I miss the opportunity to be that light that TJ was talking about. Because I skipped the filled with the Spirit part. We cannot neglect relationship. We cannot put rules in and neglect relationship. It just doesn't work. So the days are, there are evil. And, and I think one of the things that it tricks us into is, it, I put down, it desensitizes us to the sense of urgency. I think we have... I think we think we have more time than we do. And we don't, that doesn't become a reality until we're usually standing at somebody's funeral. Or we get the news, right? That something inside of us isn't working. And now there's a sense of urgency. And I, ladies and gentlemen, I love you. There's always a sense of urgency. And God has a plan and a path for you. I don't know fully what it is. I know the biblical side of what it is. But it plays itself out in your life in a unique way. And the only way to know that unique way is to do the spirit part, to be filled up with the spirit. These spiritual disciplines we talk about, man, staying connected in the word, praying, being united as a church, encouraging one another and singing melodies. I always laugh at that scripture because I just like picture, you know, Richard Mond coming up to me and he just starts singing. And I'm like, you know, like it's in my face and he starts singing and I'm like, hey, I'm okay. What? Like, you know, because the only time we expect that is when we're sitting here at worship time, right? And so I'm like, is that really what the Bible means? Like, I'm just supposed to go up and start singing a tune when I see you? I don't, you know, maybe. But I do believe that the evil in the world desensitizes us to the sense of urgency. And I also, I also think one of the things it, it does, it exposes us to different or more intense, maybe is the right word, kinds of evil. I mean, I just want you to think about it for a minute. I'm going to share something, and I'm going to try to keep it PG. I read it in a way that it, it really wasn't. Um, but man, like, it hit home big time. And so I, I want to share it with you, and I debated on this, but I, I, I do want to share it. I was reading a book um, in my mentorship group. We did a, uh, a month on purity in marriage. And, I mean, come on, guys. You know, we live in this world, and we know what's going on out there. We don't want to talk about it at the dinner table, but there's a lot of people that struggle with a lot of stuff. And sexual sin is at the top of that list. It just is. Whether people want to admit it or not, there's all kinds of devices we hold in our hands and never get caught. And there's all kinds of avenues to sin, tons of them. And it's easy to, to erase your trail, you think, and all that kind of stuff. So unless you're doing the spiritual part, man, uh, that battle, I know, is heavy. And so we just went through this spiritual purity thing. And this guy opened up his book. And, and when I first started reading it, I was like, I'm not reading this book. He said, hey, you know what, uh, after, uh, after church, uh, let's, let's go down the road and we're, we're going to find some you know, 18-year-old's house 
guy or girl, he, he was speaking to men, so he, he used a girl. And we're going to sit at the window and just watch her undress. And I was like, where's he going with this? And he's, and he's like, you know, we're just, we're gonna, we can have snacks too, and we'll just sit at her window, and we'll just watch her, and then we're going to follow her to our boyfriend's house, and we're just going to sit in the living room behind them as they're sitting on the couch, and we're just going to watch what they do. And I was like, what a weirdo. And he said, you tell me how that's different than watching the movie Titanic. And man, when I, hit, when I read that, because I actually like the movie Titanic, <laughs> But it really hit home, you know, about what we allow our eyes to see. And we don't even think a second thoughts about it sometimes. Maybe you do. Good. But like over time, just how, how things have just crept in and become okay and normal. And like, where do we draw the line? And we would be just obviously appalled at the reality of that. But when it's on our TV screen, all of a sudden it's okay. It's not Okay. It was never okay. And I think we need to take a hard look at our life and like what we're allowing in because I do think evil finds ways to just work itself into your heart and your mind and your soul and get you to think like, hey, this is no big deal. You got this. You know, you're not really sinning. You can watch the scene and not lust. Come on, you can do it. And God puts up all these warning flags and is like, hey, you know, stay back here. And so I think evil just creeps into our life in new ways. And we give into it. And it disguises itself as family members, as finances, as sexual sin, as just keep going. We got to do the spirit part and we got to allow God to cut to the heart. Right? I, I love that passage when Peter addressed the Jews that day. Because it hit. They finally realized the blinders came off and they knew what they had done. And they were cut to the heart. I'm not, I don't want you to just keep rehashing out your sin, by the way. I mean, we're supposed to repent and, and I hope we, the Bible says we're more than conquerors and we, and we grow, right? We mature through that. And, and I don't think we're supposed to sit back here and wallow in our sin. But maybe you've never really been cut to the heart on your sin. Maybe you've never really had that godly sorrow and mourning that we're supposed to, I hope, experience, honestly, because our sin, David says, is against God and fully God. I know others are impacted, but it's against God. And so with evil comes these new avenues and these tricky ways of getting to us. So we have to keep our guard up. So Paul addresses it, right? Hey, there's evil going on. Welcome to just life. I don't care what generation or era you're in. Welcome to life. There's evil going on. But there's good news. Don't get drunk. But instead, be filled with the Spirit. Be filled with the Spirit. That's the answer. Be filled with the Spirit. And, and uh, you know, ever since, uh, like even, like just looking through like, uh, the creation of alcohol, you know, and like just how how it just dulls the senses. And I know we hit on that, but it it really is this idea, whatever, again, whatever yours is, of escaping a lot of times pain and hurt. I don't want to think about that anymore. I don't want to deal with that. And, and we turn to other things 
to, to avoid it. But Paul just says, be filled with the Spirit. Be filled up with it. Instead of burying yourself in all these things, be filled with the Spirit. Because I think we think we're avoiding the pain, and really we're just delaying it, right? You're just delaying it. It's coming. It's there. It, it's, it's going to happen. We're going we're gonna to have to deal with it at some point. And when we're filled up with the Spirit, we're equipped to deal with it. We have the answers. God is stirring up things in our mind, and He's leading us, and we know what to say, and we know what to do when we're filled with the Spirit. So we're supposed to address one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. Let's talk about that for a minute. First of all, don't ever limit the power of Scripture. Um, Man, like there is power in the Word of God. There's power in you speaking the Word of God out loud to people encouraging one another with the Word of God. There's power in it. And texts are great, but speaking, it's even better. You know, like having a verse that you and a buddy are talking through or memorizing together or, or whatever. Having something, there's power in Scripture. Okay, it's not just another book. There's power in the Word of God. And when we worship together, there's power but we're supposed to address one another. Paul's not just telling us something that's for our own good. He's addressing it because it's good for the entire church. It's encouraging, you know, when we come in here and sing together. It's encouraging when we, we communicate about scriptures and uh, he tells us to remind each other of God's goodness. So through the Psalms, you know, we, we have the book and, and there's great, uh, I, I try to encourage people with Psalms all the time because there's, there's so many uh, good ones in there and just things that lift our spirit and, and help us during difficult times through valleys. Um, and uh, we were at uh, Charles's funeral this week. Jamie, uh, he read the 23rd Psalm. Shay and I were uh, thinking about CH's funeral, Paul's funeral, you know, and, and we read that at his funeral too. And I just, I've thought over the years how many times, you know, the 23rd Psalm has just helped, you know, just hearing those words and it just doesn't get old ever. You know, um, when we're going through dark days, it never, ever gets old. Uh, singing hymns to you. I love hymns, man. I love contemporary stuff, too. I, I really, either way, is fine with me. I love praising God. Um, but, uh, I, you know, just growing up in Cross Plains, and, and I know we still do it some now, and uh, like when everybody's just kind of singing all the parts, and, man, it's just you can barely hear the worship leader because everybody's singing out. And, I, man, there's just something powerful about that, when people are just praising God and exalting Him. And spiritual songs. Now, this one's, uh, this one's a little uh, confusing to me. I, I wrestled with it. I read some stuff about it and, and uh, kind of the, the commentary there a little bit is uh, an impromptu response of praise. And so as, as we think about that, like as things are going on, that we're responding with praise. You know, I, I, I'm, I'm a, uh, I don't know what the word is. Like I, sometimes it feels weird for me to raise my hands or clap or things like that, just to, who I am. But like, there's, there's also a lot to that. And again, it's not to be showy or anything. It's, it's an act of response of praise. I, I love, again, I know we hide behind text sometimes, but there's a little 
like praise hands that you can send to each other now, you know, and we do that, but we should start doing that in person. Like when somebody says something like, praise God and just do the motion. I mean, see, everybody's smiling. Changes the atmosphere. So these aren't just silly little things. There's power in doing this. And it's things that we need to do to continue to live a life of thanksgiving. We make a melody uh, to God in our heart. And uh, there was even one time um, I was driving into Atlanta and I about wrecked my car because I was praying. And I don't, I don't even remember, honestly, what was going on. But it was just, if you've ever had one of those intense prayer times, man, it was happening. And like I was shaking, the hairs were standing up, all that kind of stuff. I started weeping, which is why I couldn't see it. I'm on the interstate and, you know, I fit right in at that point, uh, swerving and, and, and stuff. Um, and I, the weirdest thing happened. It only happened once. It's never happened again. I just started singing a song I had never heard. It was weird. And it was awesome all at the same time. And it was just a couple minutes. But like God just put a song in my heart. And like, I was so confused because I'm not a musician <laughs> anyway. Um, apparently he does that for some people and they write stuff all the time, but I, that's never happened to me before. And it was just awesome. Um, so allow God to just work. And when he's welling something up in you, don't hold it back. Don't be reserved. We need this. We need it together. The devil can never grab a hold of our lives if we worship God in our habits. You know, the Bible says that. You resist the devil and he's going to what? Flee. He has no power over Jesus. You be filled up with the Spirit, you're good to go. You're good to go. And then let that pour out into others. And don't hold back. Giving thanks always and everything for God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ keeping that thankful attitude, responding to the Lord out of our gratitude, and we will see the world differently. We've been talking about that a lot this month. And then finally, it wraps up with mutual submission. Helps us to walk wisely. Because on our own, we were never meant to do this on our own. Ever. Ever. We have one another for a reason. God designed it that way. We need to lean on each other. And so if you're doing your part, we talk about that a lot, and I'm doing my part, and you're filled up with the Spirit, and I'm filled up with the Spirit, what a force to be reckoned with. What a force. You don't have to wonder if you just walked through Kroger and missed something. You know that you didn't. Because God's pointing it out in your day. He's pointing out what you need to be doing. He'll put that person, just they'll pop in your head, and be like, oh, I need to send them a text. Oh, I need to send them a phone call. I need to call them. Oh, I need to just fill in the blank. The Spirit will lead, I promise. You do your part and do the filling. Do the relationship part. And He will take care of the the rest. So walking this out with one another, respectfully and willingly submitting to one another, listening to one another, loving one another. I'm going to read the Scripture one more time and then we're going to close with prayer. Ephesians 5, 15 through 21. Look carefully then how you walk, not as unwise, but as wise, making the best use of the time, because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. Do not get drunk with wine, for that is debauchery, 
but be filled with the Spirit, addressing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody to the Lord with your heart, giving thanks always and for everything to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, submitting to one another out of reverence for Christ. Let's pray. God, thank you. Thank you for passages of Scripture like that, Lord, that just put things in perspective real quick. You recognize and know that the days are evil. God, man has just got this sinful heart. Humankind is just selfish by nature. Lord, help us. Help us to to, uh, surrender, God. Help us to follow. Help us to allow you. I I remember seeing that skit where the guys are, uh, like Jesus is there with a chisel and a hammer, and and he's chiseling away at us, and it doesn't always feel good. But he's transforming us into his likeness. And God, I pray that, that we allow you to do that. And I pray that we're doing our part and that I'm doing my part and that we're coming together as the bride of Christ and, and that we are a force to be reckoned with. Lord, we know that evil doesn't overcome. We're more than conquerors in Jesus Christ. But God, sometimes it feels like it's winning. Lord, help us to see through that. Help us to cling to the hope that we have in Jesus Christ. Help us to be the light that cannot be hidden. God, we love you. We thank you so much for your word, that the word became flesh and dwelt among us, and that Jesus is coming back. And oh, the day, oh, the day. In his name we pray, amen. We're going to stand and sing something. I forgot what it is. What is it? Turn Your Eyes. That's a great song. We're just going to do the chorus of uh, Turn Your Eyes. And uh, if there's anything weighing on your heart this morning and you have a decision to make or want to talk, pray, bring a fan up here and fan me too, it's, I'd appreciate it. <laughs> anything that's going on, we want to we stand and close with uh, Turn Your Eyes.